Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Over the last seven or eight years, our parenting expert, Jillian Cantor, has been coming on this program once a month to share with us what she learns from her kids. Jillian and her husband David have five children, Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, and Jane. And every month, they teach Jillian and all of us something about our faith and our relationship to our Father, our Heavenly Father. And so, this week, we're happy to bring you some of our best What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Take notes, because it's good stuff. And now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the Sultanite Hour. Thank you very much. So what did you How learn? are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And you must have learned something from your kids this month? Yes. Um, this month's a little different. It's not so much what I'm learning from them, but a lesson that I'm trying to teach them. And then also, it's one of those things where when you hear it come out of your mouth, and you're like, come on, kids, why don't you understand this? And you say the thing, and then you realize, wait, uh, I get it now. <laughs> why don't I apply this to my own life? Um, so specifically, as we are busy with school, and uh, boys are getting a little older and who are in higher grades, and they have more responsibilities and more homework and more studying, um, we are trying to encourage them to make the effort because it's worth the effort. Um, Joseph, in particular, is kind of like a do the bare minimum kind of guy. Like so me. When he has he's he's my boy. He's like yeah. me. <laughs> when he has an assignment, he does exactly what the teacher says and no more, no less, thank goodness, but definitely not anymore. Um, and so uh, he had this one particular assignment where he had to um, provide some sort of analysis on a newspaper article. And it was a funny conversation because during that homework uh, session, I informed him that, you know, mommy is a, is a journalist, and he had no idea that I could do anything outside of wake him up in the morning and make him lunch. So right. it was funny because I said, you know, if you ever need any help proofreading something, I could maybe offer you some help. But the key lesson that I was trying to impart on him was you always have to be thinking of the why. Like, you've answered the question, but then think what comes next. Why? Like, little kids are always asking why, why, why. So that's the kind of mindset you have to have when you're doing your homework, if you find an answer, then ask yourself why, and it will help you take you, take you to your mm-hmm. next step. So it's, it takes an effort, but it's worth the effort. And how we're seeing that um, kind of uh, really stand out in our own lives as parents, um, David and I are seeing that as we have children in um, schools, and particularly in Catholic schools, that efforts have to be made to ensure that the schools are standing up for the values of the faith. Um, and so we recently had uh, an incident where, not an incident, just an episode or just a situation where a teacher came to me and said, um, I wanted to give the kids a treat in class and I thought I would watch them, let them watch this movie. Do you think that's okay? And the reason she asks is because she knows with that we're a little bit more strict than um, mm-hmm. other parents or we mm-hmm. might not let our kids see all the things that uh, that that other kids are, are viewing or are listening to. Mm-hmm. And when she gave me the name of the movie, I was appalled. I was so afraid, <laughs> so upset and shocked. And I let her know right away that this is not age appropriate. It's a PG movie and please do not show that. It's not just about whether my son is scared or whether or not we would give him permission to watch this movie. It's 
just completely inappropriate for everyone. They were. And she it, wanted to show them Die Hard. <laughs> it might as well have been. It was terrible. <laughs> so, so then it just became this thing where I'm like, I can't just tell her. I don't want to tattle on her, but I do want to ask the administration, yeah. is there some sort of system in place so that, like if that teacher hadn't asked me just because she knows that we're a little bit more strict, then she might have just gone ahead and shown this movie and that would have been very upsetting for the, the, the kids, but also the parents who find out that this movie has been played. Mm-hmm. So as I'm going over this scenario with David, and I'm saying, like, that, so I'll have to contact the principal, but I also want to just let the teacher know, and then, and then to see the principal um, has any questions, and maybe we need to put together a group. Anyway, it was just got to be this long list of things, and I sighed, and I said, ah, oh, it is so hard to be involved. <laughs> But it's, it is. It takes the effort. Mm-hmm. But in the end, especially with your children's education and this place that you're sending them to every day and these people that you're putting them under the care of, it is absolutely worth the effort. And, and I don't mean to make myself sound lazy, but you just, <laughs> but sometimes you just want to hope for the best. But really, you do need to be that voice and you need yeah. to, to put that effort in. You need to be the one out there that's asking why and, mm-hmm. and making sure that that things are good. I know. Whoever said the parenting was not hard work. <laughs> and whoever said that grade fours can't watch Apocalypse Now. <laughs> I say that grade fours can't watch Apocalypse Now. Yeah. So that's the story. That is great. So the lesson is make the effort because it's worth the effort. Yeah, even if it's, absolutely even if it's Even if it's hard work. Thank you, Jillian, and thank you, Joseph, for that lesson. Um, Jillian Cantor is the producer of our Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, and Jane. Hi, I'm Mark Matthews, your Hollywood undercover missionary, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for... What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. How are you today? I'm very good, and I'm curious to know, what did you learn from your kids this month? Oh, well, many, many things. (laughs) Um, I think I say that every time you ask. I think so. We just need one thing. (laughs) Just one thing? Just one thing. Um, Recently, my children have reminded me of Christ's love for me. Um, And how have they done this? They have done it by... Doing what they do best, losing their toys. Okay. Um, I I can't stand having lost a toy. Um, I like complete sets. I like knowing where things are. Our our playroom's pretty tidy. Um, And if I notice or one of them tells me that something is missing, uh, my world stops a little bit. (laughs) It's just until I can find that item. Uh, it's, it's, It's always at the top of my mind. I'm always kind of looking out for it and... Um, bringing everyone along for my crazy ride of searching, um, plunging my hands into couch cracks and <laughs> looking behind bins and every bin, sorting things out until yes. we can find what's been missing. Um, and and the reason is, one, um, I guess a bit of a, a crazy person, but also because I want to be able to teach my children that, you know, these things are, they cost money. We, toys yeah. are not disposable. Uh, we want to be respectful of our belongings and take care of them. We need to know where they are. We can't just be losing things willy-nilly and replacing them. That's crazy. <laughs> so I am trying to teach them something in my method of craziness, of looking for them. Um, 
And so if this sounds familiar, it might be because it's reminding you of the parable of the lost sheep. Yes. Um, yes. From the Gospel of Luke, he says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that one which is lost <laughs> until he finds it? Yes. And when he has found it... He rejoices, rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. And if I can, if that's, <laughs> if I can find such joy in, in oh, finding that yes. lost Lightning McQueen car, mm-hmm. just imagine, imagine how the Lord delights in finding me. Um, if whatever, where, however, I am lost, like if it's in my own selfishness, selfishness or solitude or my sin or whatever it is that's plaguing me, and He finds me there and brings me back, and I am found, and He find such joy in me. That's amazing. He loves me. He loves me more than I love that Lightning McQueen car. <laughs> I hope so. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels good. Like, I, it, it sounds ridiculous, but when I do find the toy, it's like, oh, thank gosh, we found it. Like, order is restored in our house again. And if it's that, if that, that can provide a tiny little example of how, you know, God feels when he, when I turn to him and when, when we sit together and, you know, it's just, it, it makes me smile thinking that somebody loves me so much that they their heart is filled with joy and there is great relief when he sees me coming. So, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's good. So whenever you feel that you are not loved, make sure that somebody loses something to remind you. And I'm sure things are getting lost all the time, so maybe you don't need you that. They really are. Yeah. Right and now it's the school library book. We're on the hunt for Oh, it. that's bad. St. Anthony. St. Anthony's good. Sh- Yes. Never <laughs> fails. Okay, very good. Thank you. I, I, th- I thank you. Thank you. Lost. Thank you. Yes, the lost thank coin. Thank you for always challenging sheep. me with this question. It's a good one. Well, thank you for uh, in- enlightening us with your answers. <laughs> Julian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, and Clara. I am Billy Chan. You are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome to the program. Happy, su- I guess, happy much. summer. Welcome back to the program. <laughs> Thank you. And happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, <laughs> last week. Um, I- I'm sure that w- your, your, your family life, summers are always exciting. Oh, no. We just sit around and look at each other. It's really dull. All 17 of you? Yeah, all 17. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you learn from your kids? Did you learn something this summer or this well, last month from your kids? Well, amazingly enough, after all this time apart not speaking, and the first thing I'm going to tell you is not so much a lesson from my kids, but here's what I learned from other moms on the Internet. Oh. <laughs> that could be a whole other segment. Moms hanging out on the Internet. Well, not really. It's like me reading their blogs and following their Instagram posts and pretending they're my real friends. Oh. <laughs> but I learn things from them, so somehow the friendship is validated. Okay, I, it's catholicmom.com. Is that in the, in the picture here somewhere? Um, the, well, you'd be surprised. There is, you can get yourself into quite a web of uh, Catholic mom blogs. I can um, imagine. So what have you learned yeah. from other moms All online? right, well, let's start with a little bit about um, our kids and mass and their behavior lately. Yeah. And maybe it's summer, and maybe they're restless, and maybe it's hot. I, I don't know, really. But it seems like all the morning leading up to Mass, run, run around, having a great time, busy, busy yelling, can't get enough of playing, and then we get to Mass, and all of a sudden they're exhausted, and they can't stand up. Or if they're standing up, they can't 
stop leaning on the pew ahead of them or they can't stop whining. And this is, this is the whole collection of them behaving like this, including the oldest, Joseph, who's almost nine. And he's received his first communion, and he has his own missile, and he knows how to follow along, and he knows the proper responses. And so there'll be some Sundays where he's really good, and he's doing what little boys should do in Mass. And then there are some Sundays where you're like, have you ever been here before? Do you know what you're supposed to do? Why is this so hard for you? And, and the lesson here isn't so much a lesson as it a question my own question for everyone else out there, what do I do? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just hit a wall where I'm like, I, we've tried everything, and I don't know. I don't know why he's behaving like this. I don't know how to encourage him to participate. I don't know how to communicate to him that this is a beautiful privilege that we get to participate in the Mass, and it's not a punishment. So we've tried speaking all those words to him, but we're still struggling with lack of enthusiasm about going to Mass. And so as I peruse these mom blogs and I'm reading different articles and um, even looking at their Instagram pages and Instagram stories and hearing the things that they have to say, there was this one post by this mom. She, I think, was maybe struggling with the same thing, and she was witnessing another mom of teen children, teenage children, mm-hmm. and, and they were, she acknowledged that they were really well-behaved, it wasn't just one instance. She knew, knew the family, and she knew that the kids participated in youth ministry, and that they were really good kids. And so she questioned the mom, how did you do it? And the mom's answer was, I let them wiggle a bit more in Mass than others would have liked. Right. And the reason being was that she never wanted Mass to be a place of punishment for these kids. She didn't, they didn't, she didn't want them to... Uh, feel like it was a place where you went and you had to stand still and be absolutely quiet, and then mm-hmm. if you uttered a peep, then you got in trouble. And I, I that just made me really <laughs> think about how we are treating our kids in mass, um, and whether it's the the carrots that were dangling in front of them, like if you're good, yes. then you can, you can get donuts on the way home. I don't want them to see mass no. as a place where you get treats either. No. It's just this is the reality. This is our faith. This is where we celebrate. This is where we, where we praise God and we come together as a community. I want. I want that to be the general understanding. I also don't want it to be a place where they feel like they get punished and that that's what they associate it, associate Mass with. Mm-hmm. So it was just really interesting perspective. It's also really hard because I don't want to distract other people. So if my kids are a little bit more squirmy or wiggly because I want them to feel comfortable, I don't want that to make other people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I also realize I need to come to a place where my best interests or my main motivation is getting my children to heaven and not necessarily making other people's path to heaven an easy ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which isn't to say I'm going to let my kids be noisy just to challenge the people around me, yeah. but I also need to keep my perspective on them, on my kids, and how I can help them sit through Mass, but also be themselves and participate the, as best they can, obviously without flopping around, <laughs> Yes, being less distracting to others but also keeping my kids as the number one goal there, that they are finding this to be their home and a place where they can be themselves and also love God. Yes. So, so thanks, random mom from the internet. It really gave me something to think about. Yeah, that, that, that is good advice. That to, to, to Sometimes we feel that we don't want to be bothering anybody else, but yeah. kids have to be kids. Yeah. And I love when you hear priests. I think you might have been the one who told me once that you were happy to have a priest tell you, it's okay to let the kids 
you know, maybe not run around, but if they yeah. want to vocalize, you know, that means they're <laughs> kids. Of course. Say. I'm going to tell you a story a friend of mine did very quickly. So he has seven children mm-hmm. and they would always, you know, take up the whole pew at mass. And it was one of these days. And the kids were, I mean, your kids are much younger than what the age that these kids were. So they would, they went to mass, 10 o'clock mass. Mass, they were horrible and talking and just not behaving the way kids should behave at mass. Yeah. And so mass finished and dad and mom just stayed sitting down and the kids were like, are we leaving? Mm-hmm. And and dad's like, no, we're staying for the 1130 mass. You guys can't behave <laughs> during the 10 o'clock mass. We're going to do another mass. That was the last time they misbehaved during mass. And what I told my kids, because I had been telling them, I have two boys, as you know, and I had been saying, you know, do you guys want to be altar servers? And I knew that they were not really interested in being altar servers. Mm-hmm. So one day I finally said to them, okay, if, if you either you behave at mass or you're going to be an altar server. <laughs> and that was the last time they misbehave at mass. So sometimes threaten, threats work, <laughs> just as the donuts do sometimes as rewards. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we're encouraging donuts or threats. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm particularly well-behaved in mass. I appreciate <laughs> a donut. So Absolutely, I, yeah. I, like, I feel like I deserve one. <laughs> there you go. go. So there you go. We'd be curious to know what uh, what uh, moms listening to this program have to say. So you know you can always reach us uh, via email, uh, radio at saltandlighttv.org or through me, uh, to, through Facebook or Twitter at, at me, Deacon Pedro. Jillian, thank you so much. I'm glad that you're learning thank something you. from the moms on the internet. You're not spending too much time online, but no, rather no, spending no. time with your I'm children. I'm paying attention to my kids at all times, I promise. Very good, especially at <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Jillian. Thank you. Jillian Cantor. She's the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace. And she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, and Jane. I'm Sister Marie Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. My name is Deacon Pedro. You can follow Salt and Light on Twitter. And you can also find us on Facebook. Look for Salt Plus Light TV. You can also find me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook. And now... What Our Kids Teach Us with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, it's been a while. It really has. I, I think this is the first like... time I get to say hello, Deacon Pedro. No, it, it really? It I has not been so. that long. Really? Other than that, have you learned anything new from your kids this week <laughs> or this month? <laughs> or this year so far? Yeah. Um, well, it's not what have I learned, it's but, uh, but what am I learning? Because this is an ongoing process for both my uh-huh. kids and myself. Um, and it really is it's about listening and trusting and obeying. Um, and that's every morning, well, not every morning. When the opportunity arises, I, I ask uh, my two sons, um, what is your job? What's your job every day when you wake up in the morning? And they say, listen, trust, and obey. And they really do say that because <laughs> that's what I've told them a million times. So they're starting to pick up on it. Listen, trust, and obey. Because you've indoctrinated them. Yes. Okay. Because we're getting into the stage where um, there's a lot of unreasonable and very dramatic and right. crazy reactions um, if you if you bring something onto them too suddenly, if you yes. kind of build them up for it, then yes, they can handle it. But if I all of a sudden say, okay, it's time to go, or we need to clean up our toys, and I don't give them like a minute countdown yes. or something, yeah. then it can just lead to an yes. unsightly, on-the-floor fit. So, yes. And it's all about the reaction, and I, I'm like, 
why, why are you acting like this? Like, it's totally unreasonable to me. I'm not in that situation. I'm not three. I don't have that sense of thinking. And, <laughs> and I, just watching it is ridiculous. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and so we try to get into them, like, the listening, the trusting, obeying. Listen to mommy. Obey, pick up your things, and then trust that something else is, is going to be happening. I don't understand why you're reacting like this. Why can't you be more reasonable? Yeah. But... When I look at my own faith life and I look at some of the things that God's asking me to do and trying to follow his will, do I not do the same thing? Do I not sometimes stubbornly put my, just throw things down and say, no, I will not do that. I cannot do that. And I may not lie down on the floor and stomp my feet, but I certainly don't react with with the spirit of obedience. I'm not listening. I'm not trusting. I'm not obeying when, when I feel God pulling me in one direction. Yeah. Um, I can throw those fits too. So... So, yeah, just looking at it from that perspective is helping me to understand a little bit, like, how they're seeing authority and how they're learning to trust and how they're learning to obey. And it's teaching me what I need to do in my own faith life as I listen to my Heavenly Father um, as He's trying to guide me along. So it's definitely a work in progress. <laughs> we we both, on all stages, we all need some work. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen you throw yourself on the ground and yeah, and, and just kick once or twice. I try not to do that too much just in public. Times. Um, you've you've kind of left me speechless because I I can relate because we went through the same thing and the the great solution was to give them lots of warning. Yeah, so then nothing yeah. comes out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it but I you know I never even thought that it has to do with with trust obeying. Yes. Well, parents have no problem with the obedience thing. You obey me because I'm the parent. But the trust is trust me that I'm not going to ask you. Like I tell my kids, like I've never asked you to eat something that's going to kill you. So trust me, eat, yeah, try, exactly. try, try this new thing. Yeah. And I've seen it too when I'm trying to do something that will be fun for them as a surprise. Like, okay, clean this up and then, then yeah, yeah. we're going to do something else. And and there's no like they just they want to do what they're doing. They don't yeah, can't yeah. see ahead. No. But if you know it's that trust issue, just trust me that there's going to be something more exciting coming up. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. If you give them the if you prep them and and I've seen wonderful, amazing, delightful things come of that too. Where um, like we've, we went to this uh, fundraising dinner at our church and we. It was lasagna, and, I, and Joseph doesn't like lasagna, and so I was really, I'm like, Joseph, these people are raising money, they're doing something wonderful, they're going to help lots of people, so it doesn't matter what they serve you, whatever it is, if you like it or don't like it, just say thank you, if you don't like it, we can eat something at home later. And I said it to him a couple of times, and when we got there, he was the most delightful, most polite boy I have ever seen. Like right. I just, I was enjoying him so much. I'm like, who is this child? I was <laughs> going to take him home with me. <laughs> so they can Very surprise good. you. They can, yes, they can listen. They can trust and obey. So they can be wonderful. reasonable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. So listen, trust, and obey. Thank you. Yeah. Three, three important words this week. That's the mantra in our house. <laughs> listen, trust, and obey. I like it. Thank you very much, Jillian. Thank you. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's a wife and a mother of three. Hi, I'm Sarah Kroger. Hi, this is Joe Zambone. Hi, this is Curtis Stevens. Hi, this is Father Rob Gallia. Hi, I'm Amanda Vernon. What's up? It's Joe Melendrez. Hey, I'm Tori Harris. I'm Krista. I'm Lisa. And I'm Teresa Hansen. And, and we're Sarah. Hey, this is Marie Miller. Hi, I'm Rebecca Rubion, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour. The with Salt and Light Pedro. Hour with and you are listening Pedro. to Salt and Light Hour. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for... 
What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor live in the studio. This is amazing. It's amazing. You're not on the telephone with like kids hanging off of you. I've never seen your face before. (laughs) This is great. No, I know that you're really just happy because you don't have any kids hanging off of you. Well, that would be a terrible lesson if I appreciated not having kids (laughs) hanging off What did you learn from your kids today? (laughs) I don't know. Where are they? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's really good to have you in the studio with us. Well, it is exciting to be here. Although, I'll say it's probably to the detriment of your audience because when I'm speaking to you on the phone and I can't see your face, I have to work really hard at making sure I'm explaining myself. But oh. I am a, I'm a hand talker. So now that I can see you and I'm talking with my hands, She's I'm probably going to just try to Talk show your, okay. what I'm talking I'll about. I'll make sure that if we if there's something that we cannot see on the radio that I'll have to like describe it. Okay. Julian is making is an animal <laughs> with her hand. Um, okay, so what did you learn from your kids this month? Okay, well, this is exciting. I think this is my first ever lesson from Jane, who is now 14 months old. Wow. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is the introduction of... Jane lessons. Jane. So what I've learned from Jane, uh, she is just starting to walk as a 14-month-old. And so through this new activity of hers, I've learned to know your limits and adjust your goals accordingly. Okay. So what mom out there doesn't pile on a bunch of things onto their schedule? Right. Who, you know, no matter how busy you are, there's always that one other thing that you think you can get done or that you say yes to. And in the end... Does anything really get done well? Or if it does get done well, do you sleep for longer than two hours? <laughs> so in my case, no. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but as Jane's learning to walk, this was a, a scene that played out in our house just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. She was walking, or we had set her up between David and myself. Um, it was about maybe seven feet between the two of us. Right. So she smiles at us and she starts going. She takes one step, two steps, falls down, gets back up, one step, two step, falls down. She does this a couple times and then she just stays down, crawls to about a foot in front of me, stands up, takes one, two steps and lands in my arms. So she didn't give up. No. I'm thinking either she's really lazy here or she's very smart. She didn't give up on what she needed to do. She walked to me, but she recognized she wasn't going to be able to walk those seven feet. So she... Or it would take her longer. Yes. Yes. It's going to be a lot more falling. Yes. Who wants to fall? No. Nobody. So she crawled those six feet and then walked the distance that she could manage. Yeah. And in that moment, it was funny because I was like, what a lazy baby. Or wait, (laughs) she's the most clever baby because she's doing what she needs to do, but she recognizes what she's capable of. Right. So for me to now look back at my daily routine or activities or the things I'm saying yes to, am I recognizing what I'm capable of? Yeah. Am Am I adjusting my goals accordingly? Yeah. Because we have the range of kids that we do, um, and their ages from almost nine to baby. Um, life's not getting easier. Mm-hmm. It's getting more busy um, as the older boys have their activities and they just go to bed later, not because they're busy doing something, but they're just because older, they're yeah. older, they're staying mm-hmm. up and they're reading or we're reading to them or homework or whatever it is. Yeah. So that is decreasing the number of hours that I have in my day where I can, you know, as, as moms do, okay, now I can get things done. Yes. So you have your list of the activities or things you need to get finished. Um, And my list, despite my timeline getting shorter, my list is getting longer as I'm also trying to take on some things that help me recognize who I am, like hobbies or I've started a small Etsy shop. And so those things are now taking over. And Mm -hmm. I haven't limited my my activities based on Mm -hmm. the reality. So watching Jane 
crawl those six feet, walk that last foot, help me realize what I need to do. I mean, that's not to give up on myself or to give up on my own goals or my personal mm-hmm. achievements. Those yeah. things can continue. Yeah. But I have to adjust those goals. I have to adjust the reality of my schedule. I have to look at my life practically, realistically, and then make it work that way. Yeah, I absolutely. That's uh, that's a really good lesson, actually. I think of all the lessons you've learned and given us, that's seriously one of the <laughs> more tangible and practical ones. Like know your limitations and then adjust uh, your goals accordingly. I love yeah. it. That's that's like, I'm sure somebody, some project manager somewhere came up with that uh, <laughs> SMART or whatever they call it, S-M-A-R-T or something. But you learned it from your 14-year-old She's the daughter, smartest baby Jane, in the smartest world. Smartest baby. She's going to be a project manager when she yeah. grows up. Okay, very good. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you here in the Beautiful studio. Beautiful studio. I'm so I, happy I was going to say happy Father's Day, but that's for that's David, not that for I'll you. I'll pass it along. Pass it along. Mm-hmm. Happy Father's Day. Um, Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Sultan Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, and the project manager, Jane. Hi, I'm Jillian Cantor, and you're listening to the Sultan Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. This could be the noisy hour edition. The noisy, Um, well, it is a parenting segment, so I I suppose it's okay to have children in the background. Usually I sneak them off to nap time, but today they're not. That's that's what I learned from my kids this month. They put them to nap. nap. <laughs> put them to nap before <laughs> before yeah. you make an important phone call. Yeah, so you try that. What did you learn this month? Um, today, uh, well, not today. This month, <laughs> I have learned I am not doing such a bad job after all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I could have told you that. <laughs> I think I speak for all moms when I say we've all had those moments where we feel like I am totally ruining my children. <laughs> and, uh, and and that I'm doing a terrible, terrible job. And I had that conversation with my husband, um, well, almost daily, but <laughs> in a very big way a few weeks ago. And I just said to him, like, how would you feel if every day you went to the office and said to yourself, I am doing a bad job. I am horrible at my job. Would you want to stay at that job? Like, it's it's just overwhelming some days when you just really look at your kids and you think, I don't, I, I feel like every decision I make is failing you and and I'm just exhausted and it's not just a physical exhaustion but a mental and emotional and even spiritual exhaustion because because you just feel like everything that you're doing is wrong and it just wears on you after a while um, and I think I, I hope <laughs> I think all moms go through this and and maybe the source of a lot of this is the dear old internet for the love of all that is good, moms should never read the internet because there are so many different opinions. There are so many people out there who are just who blast you for anything and everything that you do. It's kind of that you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't kind of mentality. It's like everyone will disagree with you on every single point, basically. And so you just kind of need to steer clear of those opinions, especially um, as Catholic parents, when you're trying to do things perhaps a bit more counterculturally, you're not making the same decisions that a lot of moms and dads are making. Um, not that you're trying to coddle or protect your children, but you're just trying to teach them differently and serve them differently. And so 
various sources, whether it's the Internet or someone at school or other parents, parents of your kids' friends, um, you just, it's not necessarily things that they say, but just maybe a judgment even that you feel or um, a message that comes across that says you might not be doing it the way you should be doing it. And after a while, like I said before, it just wears on you. Like you just, I just, I don't know what the decisions to make, what the right decisions to make are anymore. Um, so recently, as you can tell, yes. <laughs> I've been in that bit of a funk, just okay. kind of second guessing what I'm doing and how I'm doing this and how I'm raising my kids. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with just not giving myself enough space for, for myself. And I don't mean necessarily having that me time or going away on a vacation. Yes. I just mean even taking a minute to sit down by myself and take a breath or say a prayer or just um, do something that's going to energize me and help me to focus more properly on on this family and what we're trying to create and, and the people we're trying to, to raise. Um, so the other day, my husband said, you just need to go out of this house for a little <laughs> bit. So um, my, my oldest son, Joseph, is uh, six years old, and he's just gotten rid of his training wheels, um, and he likes to ride his bike fast. Unfortunately, when we all go on a family bike ride, he can't go very fast because he has to stick with the rest of us who may not be as quick. Yes. Um, and so this time I said, Joe, I'm going to go put my running shoes on and I'll go running and you go biking and you can go as fast as you want and I'll keep up with you. And so he beamed and he got his stuff on really fast and out we went right away. And so it didn't take very long, a couple blocks into it when I realized, one, this kid is showing no mercy. I don't know if I can keep up with him. He is running or he is biking really fast. Therefore, I'm running really fast. And two, this feels good. This feels good to just have a space to clear my head and to just breathe and as I was thinking that I heard from beside me a very happy sigh and Joseph said mommy you're the best and in that moment I realized therein lies the truth Mm -hmm. mommy you're the best and nobody's telling me Jillian you're the best you're the best mother out there but I have a little boy my little boy who's looking at me and saying mommy my mommy you are the best. You are the best for me, and you know what you're doing for me and how to raise me and how to love me. And in that moment, I just, I got a burst of energy, and I could just run faster and further because I really felt it then. I felt like, yes, I do know what I'm doing. I'm not doing such a bad job after all. I am serving this boy as he needs to be served. And I recognize, even if in that moment it was just that little knee, like he just wants to ride his bike fast, and I can help him do that. But I... I, there, I mean, there are other things that, you know, I am recognizing the needs and the desires of my children, and I'm helping to, to to raise them as the people that God wants them to be. So I am not doing such a terrible job after all, even in if it's just that one day where I feel, feel it. Um, I have to keep that in the back of my head. I'm not doing such a terrible job. <laughs> yes, yes. And it is nice when our kids actually remind us that we're not <laughs> and and just remember you're the one you're the mother with the radio column about parenting so you, you, we're, we're all looking which makes it worse it's so we're cool. all looking to you for advice so maybe we need our listeners to write in and tell Jillian that she's doing a great job <laughs> and and the advice is go for a run more often maybe yeah <laughs> yes okay good Jillian thank you so much well thank you yes Jillian who's feeling better today Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of fast cycler Joseph, Henry, Annie, and little Clara. 
I'm Deacon Pedro, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour on Salt and Light Radio. And now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. What did you learn from your kids this month? Well, this week, this month, sorry, is, uh, <clears throat> my lesson has come from Annie. Um, and Annie has taught me it is very hard to be two. It is hard. <laughs> yes. It's hard to be two. It's also hard to understand two when yes means no and no means yes and tears come for no big reason and she wants you to go away, but why didn't you pick her up? And life is just hard. It's just hard. And, and she was sick for a little while and her disposition kind of changed into this very sad little girl. And I was thinking, oh, I can't wait till she's better. And then she will get back to her new, her, back to her old self. But then I realized, I think this is her new self. I think <laughs> being two has turned into her, it turned her into a very sad little girl. And uh, so she, yeah, she has a lot of complaints, concerns, um, and they're all very loudly verbalized. Mm-hmm. So it is hard to be two. Um, and I think part of the trouble is, is that she now, she knows what she wants. She now has the words and the voice and the volume to express it but she doesn't quite have the reasoning to understand why something can or cannot happen. Um, today I had to deal with a meltdown because her candy cane broke in two and she wanted me to put it back together. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of upset concerns <laughs> being voiced because I couldn't put her candy cane back together. Um, but when I say that, I also realize, well, I think, you know, it's hard being two and it's also pretty hard being 36. <laughs> because I, too, in my prayer time, in my going to God, I know what I want. I have the words and the voice and the volume to express it, but I lack the understanding and the reasoning to know why God will or will not do something that I have brought forth to Him. Mm-hmm. So so as hard as it is to be two, I realize it is a reflection of, of me and my, even in my adulthood, um, for how I relate to God and and. Um, come to him in my prayer time. So it gives me pause when I'm dealing with her when she's in the middle of a meltdown or a tantrum to um, just think uh, how am I handling my requests to, to the Lord. So it's hard to be too, Pedro. Yes, uh, and hopefully you're not having meltdowns, but I know we do as adults <laughs> have meltdowns yeah, with God. Not quite. My meltdowns don't <laughs> look quite the same as hers, but yeah, it still happens. We, we More inside my head. <laughs> inside meltdowns, we learn to inter- internalize them. Yeah. Um, good lesson. Lesson. Uh, I'm sure that maybe one of our listeners will will write in with a suggestion as to how to put together a candy cane that is broken. <laughs> That's what I want to know. If I, if I melted it, maybe, and made a mold, but I just figured by the time that was done, she would have moved on. Yes, there was really no I don't point. know. It's easier so. to eat once it's broken. Then you have yeah. two instead of one. That She was not going for that. No, she wasn't. Tried it. Darn. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Well, Jillian, it sounds like uh, there are lots more candy canes coming with Christmas. <laughs> I don't know after that <laughs> if we're going to bother with any more candy canes. Um, have a Merry Christmas and, and, and a joyful, joyful Advent journey as you approach Bethlehem. <laughs> Thank you, Pedro. Thank you. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, and Clara. Hi, I'm Mark Matthews, your Hollywood undercover missionary, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. So you've been <laughs> um, <clears throat> running upstairs to close the safety baby gate. Oh. And I don't learn a lesson about tragedy from my kids. There, okay. The lesson from tragedy. Okay, that's right, because you run to the basement <laughs> to record this where yeah. you have some peace and quiet. <laughs> yeah, but I left the baby gate open, which was not good. Hey, we never had a baby gate, and our kids, I think, only fell down the stairs once each. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still alive. They're, and they're fine, young gentlemen. There you so go. That. Maybe a good tumble down the <laughs> stairs is what everybody needs. That's the what I learned from my kids. Yes. Anyway, hi. So, <laughs> so um, other than that, what did you learn from what did you learn from your kids this this month? Well, this month I'm relying on Annie for my lesson. Yes. Um, Annie is an independent soul. She's sometimes I say to people, Annie's a better mom than I am. <laughs> She's named after my grandmother, Annie Elizabeth, and sometimes I think. I can I can hear things that my grandma would say to me through Annie. I'm not saying <laughs> that she's reincarnated in my daughter. I'm just, I marvel at the coincidences and their similarities. So, um, yeah, so Annie's very independent and maybe a little bit stubborn, and she's very confident in her abilities. Um, she's the kind of girl, well, just the other day, in fact, I was putting the baby down uh, for her bedtime sleep, and... I could hear some commotion outside the bedroom door, so I quickly got Jane down into her crib, and I came out, and I found the two girls in the bathroom. And, Clara, I'm about to use some potty words, so a warning for any of you (laughs) sensitive listeners, but um, Clara had had a bit of a poop accident, and there was poop in places where it shouldn't be, and here was Annie with some baby wipes very patiently and in a very motherly way wiping off uh, Clara's body, <laughs> cleaning up this poop. So here's a four-year-old who doesn't even worry about it. She just dives right in, and she's going to be the mom, and she's going she's to help me out. But where this stubbornness and this independence can cause some difficulties is when she absolutely refuses help. Um, when if Annie hurts herself, let's say she stubs her toe or she bites her tongue or could be a big injury, could be a little little one, she refuses help of any kind, um, but she also doesn't talk. She just pretty well lays down on the ground and just says repeatedly, ow, 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 ow. And of course, as a mom, you your automatic reaction is to go and help your child. What's the matter? And try to assess the, the problem and help where you can. But in my parenting Annie for these four years, I've come to know that my presence in her pain only makes the situation worse. So she will not respond. She just continues to lie there saying, ow, 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 ow. And it is the most frustrating thing to witness or to participate in, seeing your child lie on the ground and not not accept any help and not give you any information. You don't even know what's wrong. She's just lying on the ground whining. (laughs) So where I find this particularly difficult is if we're in public and I think people must wonder, what is wrong with that mother? She's not even helping her kid. <laughs> but the, I've, I know that there's nothing I can do. And in fact, I'm just making it worse. And eventually she comes around. She will stop saying, ow. She might just get up and run away. She might be fine. Or if it's a bigger issue and she needs a bandaid or something, then she'll finally admit to, to needing something. But she just has to go through her process. So frustrating and tricky and And I try to tell her, you know, 
we need to say words. We need to speak out loud what the problem is. And sometimes, even if you think you can do it on your own, sometimes we all need help. Mm-hmm. And when I say those things to her, it's one of those times where I realize I'm not just talking to her, <laughs> but I'm also reminding myself. Um, I think particularly in my, well, in, in many things, but also in my faith life, I can be um, saying that I can do it on my own. I can be pretty independent. I can be pretty stubborn. Um, and I can also lie on the floor and I can say, ow, 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 when I feel like I'm hurting or things aren't going my way or um, I, I just don't know how to solve the problem. I can just lie on the floor and say, ow, ow, ow. Right. But as I say to Annie, you need to use your words. So do I. Um, I need to verbalize in prayer um, or to other people who support me and, and maybe want to help me. I need to say those things to them. I need to use my words. Um, we can just lie there in our own self-pity, feeling like I'm broken or nobody's helping me or things aren't going my way, or we can stand up and be strong and use those words that God gave us to say, yep, I need some help, and um, or this is just this is how I'm feeling and what can I do to get through this. Mm-hmm. So, so my lesson, the thing I learned from Annie is, to get up off the floor and stop whining and do something about it. <laughs> it's always good advice for adults. <laughs> <laughs> stop your whining. No, it's, it's not helping. It's so true. It's so true that we 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 need to be reminded that we're not on our own and that we can use words and ask <laughs> for help. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's interesting, too, that in the past, I don't know, just past couple of months, I've had a few different people come forward and say, you know, if you ever need any help, don't be afraid to ask. We're mm-hmm. here, or this is what we're doing, or mm-hmm. we can work out this arrangement. And I, I'm always polite about it, but always in the back of my head, I think, well, why do you think I need help? Right. Am I not? How am I portraying myself? Do I look like a crazy person out there? But it's also, it's not about that. It's not about how I appear to other people. Um, it's about what they want to offer too. It's about how they desire yeah, to serve the true. Lord, and they, if they think that. You know, they could lend somebody a helping hand. They want to do that. And I want to do that for other people, so it's yeah. not out of the ordinary. Um, yeah, it's true. They're not just looking at you thinking, that poor woman with five kids. <laughs> she <laughs> is a mess. She is a disaster. But yeah, you're right. And and, and we and sometimes it's not that we're being self-righteous. We actually don't think we need help because, mm-hmm. you know, um, so always. But we always, can all, it, we can everyone, all use help. Everyone yeah. can use a hand at some point. Very so. good. Very good lesson this week from... Uh, Annie, four-year-old yeah. Annie, thank you. Four-year-old oh. going on forty. Yeah, you know, that's great. That's great. Does she does she clean bathrooms? Because she can come over to my place and uh, <laughs> if you let her, she really would. That would be great. That would yeah. be great help for me. All right, Annie um. for hire. Any of the listeners. <laughs> that's great. Four-year-old. Okay, good. We we will edit that out, so that <laughs> somebody doesn't call child services <laughs> on you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jillian Cantor and Annie, for that lesson this this month. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph Henry, Annie, Clara, and Jane. Hi, I'm Emily Callan, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for... What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian. I was going to say welcome back, but last time you made me feel bad about always telling you welcome back. So 
Well, welcome. It's always, it's always too long in between yes. our conversations, yes. so it this, is nice to receive a welcome back. Yes. And a happy Easter. And a happy Easter, kind of, tomorrow, yes, Easter okay. weekend. Okay. I know yeah. it, it's always a little strange that we have to start celebrating Easter on, on Saturday. Some people might be listening to the show for the first time on Easter Sunday. So happy okay. Easter to so them. So I wish happy Easter to them. Yes. And everyone else, just hang in there. Just hang in there. Um, so you've learned something new from your children about Easter? Well, uh, as you know, as I say every time, I'm always learning something from my children. Yes. But I do realize that myself as a mother, I have a different relationship and learn different things from them than my husband David. Okay. His relationship with them as... A father gives him a much different perspective on their lives and his own spiritual life and his own relationship with God and how he acts as a father. And so I would like to introduce the listeners. What? I know. <laughs> to this new perspective, Mr. David Candor. Oh, my here goodness. Are you serious? David, are you there? I'm here. How it's fun. It's honor to be on the show. Okay. That that. Oh wow. Now you gave such a great <laughs> intro that that you kind of gave it away that you that David was going to show up. Um, how fun! Welcome. Well, so can now I? We have uh, a whole new set of ideas here. Okay. David, good. You and I have been married for ten years and some ten and a half yeah. years. Hmm. Our oldest, as you know, I don't need to tell you, <laughs> is eight. So you've been a dad for eight plus years. Surely, in that time, you must have learned something. What is it? It is definitely a blur. It goes by fast. But yes, I've, I've learned a number of things. And I, I think to, to start off, I'd like to go back to before I was uh, a father, uh, just to relate a little story. I, I remember uh, watching my oldest sister. Uh, I had been babysitting her kids, and she came back with her husband. And, and to, to observe their greeting their kids when they came back after, you know, it was like you know, three or four hours, dinner in Toronto kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the joy that I saw in their their greeting, their their reuni- reunion, mm-hmm. was it was like I really didn't understand it. It was it was amazing. It was it was beautiful to see. And, and at the time, I didn't understand it. But now, fast forward number of years to you know, having had five kids, I completely understand that love that you have for your kids. And and I think when uh, when I think of what what I've learned and combination of of Easter coming. When God shows us His love in such a tangible way, um, I think of the domestic church and how, how, you know, as, as we have children, our our God, well, God's love for all of His church is not diminished because there are so many people. Same in a similar way, God's love, our love for our kids is not diminished as we've had more kids. It just keeps mm-hmm. growing and growing and. Um, that's what really struck me when, uh, as I was thinking of what I've learned from my kids, just that this, this love just keeps growing um, without even you knowing about it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I mean, we don't we even... We don't love our oldest any less now that we've had it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. I mean, you don't even um, know what love is, in a way. I mean, I hate to say that for people who don't have children, but but don't you feel that, I mean, obviously the love that you share as a, as a married couple... But there's this whole other dimension. Yes, yeah. That That's you... what it, it's a different dimension. It's, I mean, obviously people without children still know a, uh, um, an aspect of love. They yes. still know what love is. But this is entirely different. It's entirely separate from that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we get to experience it every day. And that doesn't mean that it's all lovey-dovey around here all the time. Or is no. it, David? <laughs> Do you think it's lovey-dovey around here all the time? It's not lovey-dovey all the time. There, there are definitely... 
moments of lovey-doveyness, but there are, I say, uh, there are also a lot of moments of, of sacrifice, which is a, a, a wonderful manifestation of love as well. Mm-hmm. And in the time of Easter, that's a very, uh, a very relevant topic as well. And um, I just think back to, you know, our, our evening routine where we, we go, f- whereas before we would have had dinner and then, you know, gone to a movie or, or you know, has had some time for ourselves. Well, now we, we uh, sit down at the dinner table and we, we were referees to make sure kids aren't, <laughs> aren't bugging each other what and do you mean? eating their supper. It's always quiet. What are you saying? <laughs> Don't reveal our secrets. Yes. <laughs> and then we move from there to everyone wanting to go play, but we have to get them to clean up. And, and you know, you, you're uh, making sure that kids are in line and upstairs and bathing and, and cleaning up. And, and that whole process of going from dinner to bedtime to them being quiet in their bed is, you know, good three hours or more. And, <laughs> and, and th- those are, you know, three hours that we used to have to ourselves. Now we, we dedicate them to our kids and I wouldn't have any other way, really. Yeah. That's, that's, I love, we love them so much. And that's our, our job as parents. Mm-hmm. I know that I really lucked out when David be- agreed to marry me because I'm a very selfish, unkind, grumpy person. <laughs> And Not David is very true. giving. He can always find it in himself to give a little more. And so where I, when I sometimes just need that little breather, he can, he can take it. And so um, I, think, I think we're working well as a team. And he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely shown me, too, what, what love is and how to love unconditionally. So well, that, that, that's something that comes up a lot. We, we say we don't, we don't lay out all the different roles that we have, and you do this and I do that. It's, it's, uh, we're a team. And yeah. Whatever mm-hmm. comes up. We, we handle it together. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You're making me think. I mean, I'm already thinking about the marriage segment. But, <laughs> you know, it's like what you learned that your kids teach you so much about marriage and about married life. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so our kids say funny things sometimes when we're not listening. Um, and they recently were talking about, well, actually, it was just last night. They were in the bathroom brushing their teeth, and I heard, um, I heard them talking about what they're going to be when they grow up. And Joseph saying, I don't want to be famous, but I do want to fulfill my dream of being an Olympic swimmer or a Blue Jays player, so I'll probably have to be on TV. And then Henry replied with, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do whatever God asks me to do. And so it's funny to hear from their perspective what their future holds, but also heartwarming to know that they understand that there's a direction of God in their life. Mm -hmm. He has a plan for them. So, yeah. Another good lesson for us. Yeah. Another <laughs> and good this Easter last lesson. story from Henry, which I'll share. Yes. Um, we were talking a little bit about, again, God's plan, and sometimes we have ideas, and sometimes God will say yes to them, or he'll say wait for them, or he'll say no to them. Mm-hmm. And we we're saying, so it's good. It's a good thing when God says no, because it means you're on track with your plan, and it might not be the answer you want, but it's still a direction. And Henry agreed. He said, yeah, it's good when God says no. Like, if you ask God, God, am I going to hell? And he says no, that's a good thing. (laughs) So happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Wisdom from the children. Great. Thank you so much. This 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 is definitely a, a highlight of all our shows, the Easter oh, special so. <laughs> with uh, <We> hard. <laughs> Mr. David Cantor. Thank you so much. Happy Easter to both of you and to yeah. the lovely children, the Thank lovely wise children. Happy Easter to you too and your family, Pedro. Pedro. Thank you. Jillian Cantor, she's the producer of the Sultan Light 
TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she was today with her husband, David, and they are the parents of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, and Jane. That brings us to the end of this special parenting edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Today's segments were a compilation of some of the best what I learned from my kids with Jillian Cantor over the years. To comment on what you heard or to share your own stories of what you learned from your kids, find me on Facebook or send me a message on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. To listen to more of these segments, visit our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour.